You're listening to the World Football Program with all the latest updates from both local and international football. with your friends is always an amazing feeling. I try and play a bit, but when you're doing it with your teammates, it's a lot more fun. Having that camaraderie brings out the best in everyone, knowing that you're working together to achieve something. 
and you know that you have faith in your teammates because you guys are so strongly bonded together. You're just playing with friends, enjoying the game, having a laugh. You can't beat it. Have fun, make friends, keep active, play football. Greatness is all around us. On pitches, fields, and playgrounds. At home and far away. It lives in the past. And it's in the faces we look up to. And in those we see every day. Greatness is all around us. It takes us beyond limitations, beyond possibility. Beyond doubt. Beyond expectations. The only question is, where will it take us next? Good morning, Perth. Welcome to Radio Fremantle's The World Football Programme, or as I like to call it, Comedy Central. <laughs> Sorry about that uh, extended intro. We had a few um, situations here, but we got them under control. Joining me in the studio is Pete Skeeler. Morning, Pete. Happy New Year. How are you today? I'm very well, thanks, and, and looking forward to a big 2023. Sensational. Yeah, it should be, well, with a bit of luck, no one will start sneezing and we'll be uh, able to enjoy ourselves. <laughs> We're here thanks to our partners, Futsal WA, the biggest and best futsal competition in Perth, Osworth Fencing and Wrought Iron for custom steel and steel automation for front fencing and gates, and gate and fence hardware WA for all the material, hardware and automation you need to set yourself up. We've got a big show on today and uh, kicking off about three minutes ago was the Perth Glory versus Wellington. Pete is going to do a live stream, so Matt <laughs> Stacey, you are not going to miss out here, mate. So we will have that on there. But joining us on the line right now is Aaron Trevathan from the Football Tragics podcast. Good morning, Aaron. Can you hear me? Yes, sure can. Good morning, or for me, good afternoon. <laughs> good afternoon, indeed it is. Thank you for joining us, Aaron. Happy New Year to you as well, mate. Thank you. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on, guys. Always good fun jumping on here. <laughs> you, you are too kind. Most people go, I don't want to talk to him again. <laughs> Aaron, it's been a while since we spoke to you. Uh, before we get too far into the um, English leagues and uh, and the European leagues, how was your World Cup experience? Um, yeah, really exciting. I thoroughly enjoyed it, personally. Um, I suppose the fairy tale ending helped, didn't it? Like yep. for, for most people, I think most people wanted to see not a messy list that. Um, and I think that final was just that class from start to finish. Well, as soon as it kind of ended up, I suppose, the 2 0 was looking a bit like, oh, this could be a bit of a snooze fest now. Yeah. But then, you know, Mbappe out of nowhere, and then, yeah, yeah. Up in, as I said, that fairy tale finish and kind of gave everybody the the real World Cup experience. So I think that kind of, that game itself really, like, pushed the tournament to new heights. And, you know, a lot of people are saying it's arguably the best ever, but I think yep. that off the basis of the final in my, in my opinion but no overall great tournament Aussies did did better than obviously expected and that's yeah. great to see um, some upsets here and there which was also very good to see and then yeah the fairy tale ending kind of capped it off I suppose yeah uh, you'd hate to be Mbappe wouldn't you well I mean he's got a world, he's, <laughs> he's, got, a he's got a long career he's ahead of him so, when yeah. Medal. He's, so. yeah but, but the, I mean scored what how many goals nine goals or something in yep. 
you know, World Cup already, he's however old, like, he's an absolute star already, but he could go down as, like, potentially if he wins another World Cup or, you know, two, you know, he's young enough. Yeah, that's right. good enough, then he could go down as the best ever World Cup player. Like, you know, obviously Pele kind of have that right now, but he'll 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 get top goal scorer at some point. Oh, yeah, yeah. Number of tournaments, he's only, you know, number of goals away and keeps scoring the way he does. Yep. Um, and as I said, if you can get one or two, even you know one, even winning the one that he's already yeah, got, that's right. So yeah, what a player! Um, and the bag of hat trick in a World Cup final is impressive. But yeah, it's unfortunate you know they they lost in the end. Yeah, yeah. no, it, it silenced a few of the um, the white supporters by going. There's only one player to score a hat trick in a World Cup, <laughs> but now they've, uh, they've they've changed that to. There's only one player to score a World Cup in a, uh, a hat trick in a World Cup winning side. Winning, yeah. Uh, yeah, good on <laughs> I, I'd 100% agree. That's That was one of the best finals yeah. I'd oh, ever yeah. seen. I mean, if you think back over past finals, it's there's been, been a lot of 1-0s, 1-0 in extra time. That Italy-Brazil yeah. final in 94. Yeah, that yeah. one. Even even the last one, which also had six goals in it, the France-Croatia uh, France final. Game. Yeah, yeah. Realistically, I mean, France was up 4-1 at one point and you know, it was yeah, all over right. by the, by the right. shouting. This one, you know, hung in the balance the whole time. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd certainly rate that as definitely the best final I've seen in my lifetime. Yeah, and, you know, as Seth Blatter told us all, you know, let's concentrate on the football. We won't go into the in the politics and the, the hoo-ha of why it was played in that yep. small, oil-rich Middle Eastern nation. But for the football content... I'd have to agree with uh, yourself, Pete and Aaron. It was probably one of the best ever we've seen. Yeah. Yeah. Rival, maybe 1970. Yeah. I'm not old enough to remember that one. Yeah. Or oh, you, Mongol. Jimmy No made some that one too. Huh? I think on about that one, I'd, my only memories there was, you know, going to the drive-ins with my dad and coming home with my mum in 1970. Yeah, okay. How old do I feel now? Thank you very much, gentlemen. I'm walking out now. See you later. <laughs> Anyway, Aaron, the FA Cup's on uh, later on this evening. We saw uh, the game overnight with uh, Manchester City just stumbling their way to a 1-0. The fourth round, anything uh, takes your fancy in that one today? Yeah, well, that one, that City game, obviously, was they haven't played each other in the league yet. Obviously, that first game was postponed between them, so that's getting rescheduled to late February. Then they obviously haven't played the second one either. So that was, I suppose, a test of what's to come. Um, Pretty exciting exciting game, had a few decent chances here and there, but I think at the end of the day it was it was largely B squad versus B squad, you know, yeah. for the most part. Yeah. But no, it was a it was a nice little teaser of what we can expect in the Premier League. I think Arsenal held their own against a again, a B side, but still a strong city side that nevertheless. Um and I think it will prove to be a <sighs> pretty key fixture obviously in the Premier League um showdown. But uh yeah, I think City at home were just I think they're always going to edge them a little bit. But mm-hmm. again, as I said, I think it gives the Gunners a lot of, you know, hope going into the game at the Emirates, the first one especially. So, yeah, good game. City probably deserved it, I think, in the end. And Arsenal can, I suppose, hold their heads higher, even though they've obviously bowed out. Yeah, no, I'm just... Because I didn't bother to check the... Uh, the Sorry, the just an update. Um, uh, unfortunately, Wellington have scored. No, 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 sorry, you say unfortunately. Yeah, that's a good. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a Knicks fan. I don't. Yeah, know. Good on you, Pete. 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 Good on you, Pete.
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I was going to say, do you not know who we're talking to? That's it's a Knicks fan. That's, 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 I'm not going to censor myself you, you, for yeah, a Knicks well, fan. Come enough. on. That, that, that's good radio. Turn it up. That's good radio. Yeah, that's fine. That's good radio because normally you, if Gloria had scored, then you can jump in. Oh yeah, no. So you <laughs> yeah, no. As I was saying, I was just having a look at the lineups for that Arsenal City game, and you know, you, you say B team, but the City front four was De Bruyne, Lewis, Grealish, and Haaland. I mean, yeah. Well, yeah, Mares, at the the number mm. nine, but I mean, that's that's a pretty solid top five. Yes, it, yeah, definitely. I would, yeah, B team maybe used it too loosely. I think it could have been an A plus. But for the most part, it was a strong team. Obviously, no Edison goals, players like that. But no, that's, no it yeah. was, City probably had the stronger team out there. Um, but I think that just probably maybe shows their depth compared to Arsenal when. I feel like when Arsenal don't have their starters on, you can noticeably see a difference. Whereas City, yeah. there's so many talented players, especially across that front line. They've got five or six that can play across the front line. Like, full Foden, where was he? But we didn't, yep. you didn't even it wasn't need a, to worry. Yeah, he wasn't on the bench. Such a strong squad. Yeah, yeah. So, no, I'm just trying to look. Uh, um, um, Edison wasn't even on the bench either. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, that's a good call. Yeah, fair enough. Um, and I've seen with okay. the, the fourth round as well, the, last, the, the lowest ranked team still in there is uh, Wrexham. And is, I don't know about you guys, if you've watched the Welcome to Wrexham yes. documentary. Or, well, not all of it. Not documentary, but, you know, TV series, which was fantastic. And, and um, yeah, I'm not really going anywhere there. I just saw the name jumped out at me. So, yeah, they're the fifth-tier team, the only fifth-tier team still in the Cup. And they'll be playing Sheffield, Sheffield United. Oh, yeah, yeah, OK. Yeah, definitely an exciting team, I suppose, not being an English team either. Mm. Um, yeah. Obviously, yeah, like you said, the... the I wouldn't say history, but yeah, what they've got obviously going on there, you know, with Ryan Reynolds and yeah. the likes being the owners, exciting. And they'll obviously get a lot of media coverage because of who they are. But yeah, yeah it's True. good to see. It's good to see teams like that still in the competition because you always want, you know, magic of the cup. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and I was talking Over to a Leeds fan. Sorry, mate. I was talking to a Leeds fan during the week and they had to wait until Wednesday to find out their opponent. They uh, were waiting on the outcome of the Aquican Stanley Boreham Wood. Uh, game <laughs> and it was an away trip. I'm going. What are you, you, what are you talking about? Like you, you've got to organise accommodation. You've got to organise travel. You, and he goes, no, no, no. It's the magic of the car. I went, oh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, there's a couple of, um, well, for me anyway, the Bristol City West Brom game. That that looks an absolute tasty one. That one. Oh, the silence is great. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thanks. All right. Well, let's get on to something a little bit more interesting. That's Southampton versus Blackpool. Sorry, nothing to add Yeah, there. yeah, good on you. <laughs> the Southampton, Blackpool, Southampton, it, it, they're such an enigma side. They're, sacking coaches like uh, like they're going out of fashion. They're having a, a, an excellent cup run in the League Cup. I mean, they're only one goal down in the um, in the, the tie against Newcastle. They're doing quite well in, in the FA Cup, yet they can't get a, they can't get a, a result in the, in the league. But what do you think's happening there? Yeah, that's a hard one because yeah. <laughs> I, it's, a, it's a team I, I quite like. One of, mm. my, one of my good friends is a Southampton supporter, so obviously you kind of have a little bit of a soft spot for him. I've liked what Nathan Jones is able to do with Luton Town. Yeah. Seasons. Obviously, he's done very well there. Um, I don't know, maybe they, they just don't have a strong enough squad, I think, to consistently perform in, in the league, which is unfortunate because likes of James Paul Prowse, what a player he is. Mm. And he's a club legend. He'll probably be off in the summer because they're going to go, they, they probably will go down, unfortunately. Oh. Um, but I hope they can survive. But yeah, like you said, they had a great cup run and I would, would have loved to see them. Some way they still can, but I think Newcastle will be too strong for them. Um, 
but yeah, they definitely need to turn it around in the league because they are looking very, very dark. Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, you'd expect them to get past Blackpool. That's who they've got in the fourth round uh, later on today. Um, you'd, yeah, you'd have to say they're... I mean that that said in in the league you know, 14th to 8 uh, to 20th yeah. place is only 3 points separating it. I know you, you sort of no, say no, this time of year if you're in last place yeah, it's not yeah. looking well, it's obviously not looking good but it's still only one win. That's right. And you're out of the relegation oh, no, zone. I, I, again speaking to a few Everton Absolutely. fans and they're going nothing to worry about it's like, you're joking mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I think this is probably one of the more exciting relegation battles we've seen. Like I, don't, I can't remember I don't, I don't think it was like this last season, that's for sure. You know, mm. this many teams, you know, there might have been three or four. It was definitely about four or five, sorry. But, mm. yeah. you know, like you said, eight teams or whatever it is. Yep. Crazy, you know, six points difference, you know, which is nothing in football. Yeah, mm. and like I said, being the West Brom fan that I am, you, you you always bank a point a game and the only side that is doing a point, well, in that relegation battle is Nottingham Forest. You know, 20, 20 games played, 21 points. Everyone yep. else is, yep. is in that minus of points per game. Because mm. you know, they're saying thirty-eight points, forty maybe to get your get your safety. But we've seen in previous seasons that that yeah, I mean that's a good target to aim for, but it's not always the case. Sometimes it's a lot more, sometimes it's a lot less. But mm. what are, what are your thoughts on Everton, Aaron? I touched on them. Um, if they go down, they're going to explode, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're one of the few teams who have never ever been relegated from the top flight. Not well, not just Premier League, but the whole top flight in general. So mm. if they go down, that it's massive for History. that club, you know, in in the in the wrong way. Um, you know, I'm as being a Chelsea fan, I wanted Lampard to succeed there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I think that I think that goes a lot further than what the manager is doing. I think that's a that's a club thing that's going on there that's not got it right. Um, it's looking like Sean Dyche will be um, appointed manager Oof. after they apparently wanted Bielsa. So he's he's one of those managers who I think will be good in the fact that they need to play stubborn football. They can't They can't play the football Lampard wanted to play, which was play out from the back, exciting mm. football. When mm. you're chasing points, you need to dig deep and get gritty. And that's what helped him escape relegation last season was where he put aside his love for that kind of football and just played dirty football. Yeah. And it worked. But then he reverted back to his, his you know, nice entertaining football this season, which didn't work. So, Sean Dyche, 4 4 2 possibly keep him up, who knows. Mm. Uh, it's going to be difficult with um, the uh, recent notification that uh, Anthony Gordon, one of their young up-and-coming strikers, has uh, been cashed in for the stadium. I mean, because Mashiri's mm-hmm. he's pumped in, you know, and I talked to, a, a, like I said, a fair few Everton fans going, no, they've got a foreign owner who has pumped in you know, the best part of, you know, $600, $800 million mm-hmm. plus a new stadium. He's done everything he can to... to circumvent, for want of a better phrase, the fair play thing, because two seasons ago, he gave the club, well, he didn't gave the club, uh, with the new stadium still being in the final stages of planning permission, gave $60 million for naming rights on a stadium that hadn't yet been ticked yeah. to be built. Uh, so he's done everything he can, but it's got to the point where it looks, he's gone, thank you very much. You know, the cash cow hasn't officially dried up, but there's not a lot left here, and 45 million for Gordon to go to Newcastle United. That that's a that's a big blow. I mean, mm. okay, they're Newcastle are top three, but you wouldn't call them in the historical terms a big club. I know there's uh, the, the two nine will, will be waiting out the front, going with um, you know pitchforks and and flares, going what's going on? Oh no, 
Yeah, it's 2-0 uh, oh, no. now. now. Oh, Peach just had that look at his face <laughs> rubbing his head. I've gone, oh, no. 2-0. <laughs> uh, Costa Barbarousas. Costa Barbarousas. What a chap. Uh, uh, it's great that it's, you know, it's been played live right now. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so, but I suppose on the, on the Anthony Gordon stuff, I mean, Chelsea had a bid rejected for him, thankfully, from my perspective. Um, $45 million last in the summer, I believe. And then all of a sudden, Newcastle, they get a bid set to support, so, which is obviously not a massive difference. But what Everton thinking, they could have cashed on, on him a little earlier. Yeah. But then they wait, they still cash in and, and lose a bit of money. So... I don't know. I think that's, again, like it's that's a decision to get as much money into the club as possible. I don't think they'll miss him a lot. Again, I don't think he's a... He's definitely not a Sean Dyche player. So, um, you know, he's a bit of an exciting footballer, which is the opposite of what Sean Dyche likes to play. So, it would be good, um, good business move for him okay. if they stay up. If, yeah, the big if, if they stay up. Yeah. yeah. That's, a, that's a big if, isn't it, really? Uh, any other... Any other thing that you you want to like? So we got the um, Champions League coming up. Anything in there that takes your fancy? Uh, obviously, some some big games there. It feels it feels a long time since the Champions League, yeah, because of I suppose the World Cup break, um, which obviously the Champions League has played a bit earlier. Um, it feels like a very long time since then. But I mean, I'm pretty excited for all those games. What's like, what's kind of taken my fancy that we haven't really spoken about is English Championship. I mean, Burnley are absolutely. Flying, oh. and we were speaking about Sean Josh. You know, they might maybe not everybody's a fan of Burnley because of the football they played, but then you look at Vincent Company, he's yeah. now got them playing the most entertaining football in the championship, yeah. and they're going to come, they're going to come back up to the Premier League by the looks of it. Um, and again, that's one of those that's one of those um, leagues that, like the relegation battle right now, the battle for promotion there is spans across bloody 10 teams or so. Mm, so, yes. again, so exciting and that's why they say the championship is probably the hardest league in the world. Oh, I know. That's uh, that's where I am at the moment. Uh, the exactly. Albion there. Yeah. We, well, yeah. our, our last game was um, a hard-fought two-one loss against Burnley. Burnley currently twenty-eight games, sixty-two points. They're like, then they are at the moment that 18, 18 points clear of third place. Yeah, yeah. You know, but that's, yeah. I was just looking at the ladder then. Like as you said, from from third place down. Yep. 44 points, 43, 42, yep. 41, 40, 39, 38, 37. There's, there's teams on all those, uh, yep. th- those uh, points levels. So. Yeah, yep. so, yeah, let's go. So, uh, what's that? Six points from third place to Queen's Park Rangers in 13th. Oh, hello. It's 2-1. Yep. It's 2-1. Oh. I don't, I don't even, I'm not even looking. I just have to look at what Pete's doing and go, yep. Yeah. Uh, David Williams with a cracking header. Well, Sensational. Yeah. Love that man. Yeah. He's had a great career in one of the... So is Here we go. Just while Sorry we, about we that. We on that. No, no. Um, Taggart playing? Did Taggart start? Um, I'm watching on my phone, so I had, it doesn't <laughs> look like he is. It's, it's very small at it's times. very small. <laughs> yeah, so that championship, like I say, Burnley top of the table. Sheffield United five points behind, uh, and the, again Sheffield United dropped two points uh, two games ago, and that now made them five points behind. So it, it, you just cannot drop a point. Watford in third place, Blackburn Rovers, Norwich City, and Middlesbrough. West Brom were in sixth place there for a while, but again, you know, you lose a game and you drop out of that uh, playoff position. It's ridiculous. We're only out by a point. Well, three points from from well, two points. No, three points from Watford in. In third place, so fingers crossed the Albion will be back where where we belong. If I can, <laughs> if I can use the Nottingham Forest uh, tagline, back where we belong. 
maybe not. <laughs> um, the the World Club Championship coming up. Uh, have you uh, any interest in that one, Aaron? Um, well, I think what Rolls will probably go ahead and win that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Auckland City, come on! No, you've you, you got the money on well, Real Madrid. They hold the record for the well, most number of appearances. Yeah. Oh, there you yeah, go. This is we were in it last year, I believe, the year before, possibly, um, probably because of, COVID, possibly because of COVID, they couldn't do the travel. But yeah, back in this year, hopefully they come away with a, cup, a win or so. Um, and you never know, they could go far. But it, it, for the most part, that is always, you know, the Champions League winners kind of come yeah. with that. Especially of a team of Real Madrid's caliber, they should be, I would predict, playing Flamingo in the final. And, yeah getting that, that badge on their jersey again. Yeah, it's usually, like I say, Aaron, it's usually the way that that, that turns out, which is why they, um, they the, uh, the the powers that be, decided to expand it so other clubs could get uh, a little bit more extra cash. But you're right, it's very rare that it's not Copa America versus um, Champions League. And ironically hosted in uh, Morocco, of all places, this year as well. Yeah. So <laughs> well, showing their footballing credentials. Yeah, so, well, uh, and the... I heard a, a rumour, the reason it's not in uh, Yokohama or, or Japan is because of the COVID concerns that is still in that country. I think there'd been and a bit of a contract a, signed like long before COVID really? to host it in a couple okay. of different places. When, yeah. uh, when the Wan- I think. Here's a question without notice for you, Pete and Aaron. When the Wanderers played in the in that tournament, was, yep. was that in Morocco? It was, uh, no, that one would have been in that place. Tuni- oh, was it? No. That, that, I thought it was yeah. in a, an African nation. That possibly was. Oh. Okay. <laughs> no, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. And it's I remember they, I'm pretty sure they played that this bloodfest. It was basically like a swimming pool. I remember that. Yeah. 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 It was a very bad bitch. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. What else we got? Um, so we've got the Southampton. Oh, um, Scottish Premier League there. What, what, uh, what takes your fancy in that one at the moment, Aaron? Well, again, good to see Ange doing the bits for the Aussies. Doing um, the business. Yeah, he, he's running away with the league. There it was obviously a little bit closer uh, last season, but again, good to see him. He'd probably do the double. Would have liked to see him maybe get the, you know the Everton job, but he's a very stable manager and he wouldn't take over a club that is in kind of this situation. So he's, I think, he's just biding his time until he gets a, a top top job, which I think could come in the near future because he is doing very well at Celtic and he gets a lot of boards around the world. That's for sure. Mm. Yeah, no, it's um, it's interesting you say that because he himself has uh, regularly in the press gone, I'm at a top, top club. Why would I want to go yeah. elsewhere? And you're right, he probably has seen the, the merry-go-round that is the English managerial train and gone, yeah, I've got, a, I've got a gig here until I don't want it anymore. And yeah. then he can pick and choose where he would like to go. That being said, exactly. if you were to... You know, bring out the crystal ball there, Aaron. Where would you expect or or like to see uh, Aussie Ange end up? Well, I don't know, but like the way he plays, the football he plays, I don't see why he. I don't think he would because I don't think they'd look at him. But I don't see why he couldn't achieve a Manchester City once Pep's done. Like that's probably two or three years from now. Mm, yeah. He's probably won four in a row at Celtic, five in a row at Celtic. Yep. Hopefully, he has a better Champions League run with them. Yep. possible next season because I think Nashville's obviously going to put him on the world world map a bit more. But he couldn't go to a, a top top club. Um, I think it will be English. Um, who knows Chelsea if we get rid of Potter anytime soon? He can <laughs> come out. Um, but yeah, maybe a Spurs or something. Get them playing 
yeah. you know, in a month's time. Yeah. Now, it's, it's, it's funny that you mentioned... It's funny that you mentioned Spurs because it always appears every other week Antonio Conte is putting out a press release which, if you read between the lines, says, please sack me. <laughs> exactly right. Well, yeah. What's well, going on there? Well, the strong rumours are that he's going to leave again for season regardless, um, which, I don't know, he's definitely their best manager have had in a while, but again, I just think... Spurs... Better than Poch! Better than Poch! I, I think so. I Ooh. think well, that's cool. Um, <laughs> obviously, you know, Spurs have long. First fans love Poch, but yeah, I think Conte, as defensive as he is, is a great manager, especially obviously he won the league with Chelsea as well. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. If you're a Spurs fan, just you just want your man, you want your owner to start flushing some cash around because he doesn't do it enough. Mm-hmm. I think, especially considering the other big six. Again, being a Chelsea fan, we're, we're splashing cash for fun at the minute, um, and again, it's not, not my money, so I can't. I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> So if you're a Spurs fan, you kind of want the same thing. You've got this owner who probably has a bit of money, but he's just a bit stingy with it. Yeah, yeah, that's a good call. Well, we're talking about uh, money and and how things can go pear-shaped. Have you uh, kept an interest in the Juventus saga that's continuing? Their their fifteen point deduction for financial fair play irregularities. Have you have you seen that? I mean, it it doesn't surprise me. No, had had issues in the past. Yeah, they got relegated to Syria. Was it or no, so, see, so. they went there. Yeah, they dropped them out two two divisions. Yeah, went Syria, yeah. yeah. So they've had issues in the past. and doesn't surprise me to have issues again. It also makes sense now because they were the ones that were really pushing for the Super <laughs> League. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's the right thing's been done, and they're going to miss out on European football completely next season. And again, might find it tough because some of those better players at their club might might sort of want to leave because of European football. Yeah, no, well, I mean, we saw with the likes of um, Del Piero and, and, and Pavel Nedved, when they did drop down to Serie C, they went, no, I'm on a good wicket here. I might just uh, win a couple of leagues down here and yeah. and, think, and back we go. I think that was, was more, that was more than when they had, obviously, he's a club legend. I don't think they really have many club legends oh, anymore, cool. you know. Yeah. yeah They're they were, a bit kind of gone now. Maybe, I suppose, Benucci or, or so, like, Killian's obviously already gone. Yep. But, um, yeah, Dybala, really Dybala went out earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. All right. No worries. Aaron, is there anything else you'd like to have a chat with us about before we let you go? Because we really do appreciate your time. We we, we know it's uh, mid afternoon over there and you're probably at the beach sunning yourself, <laughs> waiting for that sausage to cook, going, come on, come on, here we get off the. Oh. Yeah. Ho- hopefully you didn't have the um, the Wellington game on record. You know, I'll sit down and watch <laughs> it later on. <'cause... laughs> no, no, no. No, it's always our pleasure, Aaron, and we certainly do appreciate your support to this show, the World Football Programme, and we look forward to chatting you during the season. Perfect. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Good on you. Thank Thanks, you very Aaron. much. That was... Bye. See you later. Ta-da. That was Aaron Trevathan. Oh, my fault. That was Aaron Trevathan from the Football Tragics podcast telling us all things of European football. Yeah, now... Go. While wow. while you've hit, you hit me with a bunch of questions, I there, and I, I got some answers for you. So. Have you really? So no, Taggart's not in the squad. Why not? Um, Taggart's not. That, look, you asked if he was in the squad or if he was playing. No, no yeah, I actually, so, yeah, was he yeah, starting? So there was something about a calf strain or a, or a hamstring. Okay, strain, and so, you don't want him on yeah. the plane for that long. Being it, it, we'll get into that distance. We've got yep. some distance derby chat 
uh, towards the end of this game, well, the glory next game because we've got some stats there that yeah. uh, I went digging for. Jordan Elsie is playing for the glory. Wow. So um, he's he's come straight in. Uh, starting. Starting, yep. So, wow. And, uh, but that's funny because he was always a player I loved to hate for the other team. So I turn around and start liking no, him no, now. No. But as soon as they put purple on, geez, they look good, don't they? Well, they're wearing white for what it's worth now. But You like, you said you like that shirt. I did, but it's well, not We really did. You, I, and, I did. Um, uh, and your other question, <laughs> uh, like, kudos to you. You had it right. Uh, when, uh, when Western Sydney were in the um, FIFA Club World Championships... Uh, it was indeed in Morocco, yeah. uh, and they they went down three one in extra time to Cruz Azul in the in the quarterfinals. Oh, it was the quarters, okay. and then they had a fifth place match. So the losers of the well, yeah. they called it quarterfinals. It was only four teams. Yeah, yeah. Um, but in match for fifth place, they played the African champions ES Sarif from Algeria. Right. Uh, again, finished two all, and unfortunately, Western Sydney went down five four on the penalty shootout. So, uh, <coughs> sorry, full credit to uh, Western Sydney. I mean, they they did us proud. Um, yeah, because w- those that aren't 100% sure on how that World Club tournament works, the the lesser the lesser um, nations, sorry about that. Yeah, that play, was, uh, play in earlier. Yeah, play early. Yeah, so yeah. they call it the quarterfinals, but basically it's a semifinal for yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. So basically it's uh, the, the champion from every um, Champions League, so the European Champions League, Asian Champions yep. League. Ironically, even the Oceania Champions League, which yep. is how Auckland City oh, Auckland holds the record for the most appearances there, uh, South American and North American, as well as the champion team from the hosting nation. So we had, uh, there was a, a Moroccan team in there as the Moroccan champions, as well as the Algerian side who were Champions League winners. Yeah, and, and, then, and then for the next round, which is the semifinals, that's when you get the, uh, the South American champions. Yeah, so they, and, technically and, and they only need to play two games, the South American and European Well, that, that's uh, funny because, as we say, we were talking to... Um, Aaron Trevathan about that uh, World Club Championship and Real Madrid will be playing in La Liga on the Thursday, Mm -hmm. Thursday the 2nd of February. So it looks like they'll play that game, fly out. Yeah. I mean, don't forget Spain to Morocco is just a short hop. They are, you know, you're heading south, but you're not heading south that far. I keep forgetting that, mate. They could swim there, couldn't they? (laughs) They they basically (laughs) could, yeah. That's fair enough. All right, we'll get um, Colin Farrell on the line very, very shortly. That was a that was a good chat. What on? Throwing you under the bus and you went, no, no. I no, can see good. that bus coming and jump sideways. <laughs> what on, Pete? Uh, score update for us, please. Uh, still 2-1. So uh, I was also saying to Huey, um, you know, I was sort of going through the glory fixtures and I was yeah. like, okay, we've got Saturday, Saturday. Yeah, yeah. We've got a 10 o'clock game. That's an interesting one. Yeah. I'll be on the couch for that one. I'll just yeah. put it in my diary. Oh, Oh, we've we've been scheduled to be on that day. I think I think Penny and uh, Sean have stitched us up there and sort of gone. They've looked at the fixtures before we did and said, no, no, we're we're not available that day. Uh, Sean bet... says he's got a a tournament on. He's got a walking football he tournament on. That, and yeah. Um, yeah, off air, uh, the the issues I had about uh, guests for this particular show were uh, <laughs> immense. And I think it had a lot to do with the scheduling. So I blame uh, the A League for that one. Really? So you're going to ho- hold it against them? The score's well, currently two one, and we are the thirty. 30- five-minute mark of Thank you very half. much, Pete. We will go to a quick break, and fingers crossed, if I press the buttons in the right order, we will have Colin... Uh, Colin. Greg... <laughs> I've done it again. Yeah. We will have Greg Farrell from Futsal WA, who are going to have a chat to us about the recent tournament he took the WA Ladies to in Queensland. Stick with us. You're with Huey and Pete on Radio Fremantle's The World Football Programme. Radio Fremantle, 107.9 FM. Oh. 
Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron is a fourth generation family business. Ring us about your custom gate and fence projects. We can manufacture, install or automate your gates, offer electronic security or simply just provide sound advice. Let our family look after your family. Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron. Call us on 9258-6822. Station sponsor. Gate and Fence Hardware WA, your one-stop shop for all gate and fence hardware components, wrought iron, automation and electronic gate security. We can offer great advice and solutions for your project. Trade and layman, welcome. Hardware shipped all over Australia. Contact the team on 92586822 or shop online at gateandfencehardware.com.au. Station sponsor. The glory and we're singing Cause this story must be told We sing glory, come on glory Glory boys, give us a goal Our game's a great tradition Let the future now unfold When the glory marches on Glory, glory, birth Strike like lightning, on their goals we'll have a feast. Our defense will take all the blows of any from the east. You'll hear the crowd a roaring, and you'll know that we are one when the glory marches on. Glory, glory, best glory. WA, the leading futsal organisation in Western Australia. With continually growing men's, women's and junior competitions for any ability levels all year and all around Perth, Futsal WA also provides elite development pathways and competitions for juniors, youth and seniors. The fun, fast-paced social aspect of the game could be the perfect fit for you. To enter a team or to find out more, contact us on 0432 745 140 or simply at www.futsalwa.com. Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. And you are listening to Radio Fremantle's The World Football Program. We have a slight technical issue trying to get Greg on the line. So this one was requested by Pete. (laughs) 
it is the beautiful Shakira from the 2010 World Cup final CD featuring Fresh on the Ground. This is Waka Waka. Enjoy. You're a good soldier, choosing your battles. Pick yourself up and dust yourself off and back in the saddle. You're on the front line, everyone's watching. You know it's serious, we're getting closer, this isn't over. The pressure's off, you feel it, but you got it all, believe it. When you fall, get up, oh, oh, and if you fall, get up, eh, eh. Tamina, mina, sangalewa, cause this is Africa. Tamina, mina, eh, eh, waka, waka, eh, eh. Tamina, mina, sangalewa, this time for Africa. For Africa, that was Waka Waka from Shakira with Fresh to the Ground. Thank you very much for holding. Greg Farrell, how are you this morning? I'm good, Hugh. How are you? I am panicking, as I <laughs> normally do when I'm in the chair. I've got Pete here trying to calm me down, and it's not working a treat. I'm getting <laughs> dud numbers, no callbacks. It's just been heaps of fun. Greg, thank you very much for joining us. You are the head honcho at Futsal WA. How are the competitions going down there at the moment? Yeah, everything's going really well. Um, I guess the the Christmas and New Year break um, was was quite short this year, with, yeah. mm. um, the, especially with the, the social competitions. Everyone wants to get back into it pretty quickly. Um, so Mount Lawley and, and Netherlands have, have started back up and we also only had quite a short break for our elite competition, um, the Super League, because... We then had another two weeks 
to we we had two weeks off over Christmas, New Year, had a round, and then had two weeks off because we ha- had players and uh, and staff away at the, the national championships. So mm. um, we were over in Sydney for well, I think it was about twelve days. It felt like about four weeks in total. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. When you've got you've got players playing three and four games in a day, and and you've got I think we had thirteen teams over there, um, so it was a very very big couple of weeks. We came away from the tournament with a couple of national championships and some some grand final runners up, wow. um, and some semi finalists in in boys competitions as well. So yeah. it was a very successful trip, but certainly takes its toll yeah. when, you, when you've got uh, little eight and nine-year-olds up to, I think our oldest player was early early 30s. Wow. Um, so it's a contingent to work with. So when you've got that age range, is there, I don't know, you know, was there any, um, you know, parent-child uh, in that sort of scenario or was it all chaperones and, and, and that sort of thing? So we, we, we take managers and, and coaches across for every team. Yep. And then also I oversee all of the teams. But there, there was quite a lot of parents who travelled as well. Good. Um, they, they, don't stay, they don't stay with us or, or travel specifically with us, but they, they make their own way and they do their own thing and come and watch games and um, support the players. And it's uh, in the younger age groups, it's always quite good because we, we tend to have a little bit more support than we do in the older age groups when people don't have parents and whatever coming across the other other states and regions tend to be able to make quite a bit of noise and it's always nice when we have a few WA supporters over there to be yeah, able to reciprocate. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah, they tend to make a, a bit of noise being that they have to travel that far. They're not going there to sit in the grandstand and go, oh, John, a good show, well played. <laughs> no, no, they're usually, you can spot them a mile away because they're the ones making the bucket load of noise. That's great. Yeah, and, and that that's certainly it's a big thing for the players as well when they they know that the even a small number of supporters are there backing them mm. and, and making a fair bit of noise trying to compete with the others. It, it's always a nice feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, what uh, what's on the horizon, Greg? Have we got uh, some more tournaments coming up, being that it's still school holidays or, or that was the, the main one for the year? That was the well. That was the main one for the first part of the year. Um, we then have we we will have players who were selected from that tournament Ooh. who will be offered positions for overseas trips. Mm. Um, so that's that's something to look forward to. And then, of course, the the local competition, the, the Superliga, we have um, sort of moving through. We're we're just over the halfway point now. So those those clubs will have to be looking to ramp up for finals. Um, which will be just before just before Easter, right? Um, and then the the Super League competition runs twelve months of the year, so yeah. the the finals and everything will finish up just before the outdoor season starts, and then just after the outdoor season starts, the the new season of the Super League starts, and a lot of a lot of players play um, both futsal yeah. and outdoor yeah. football now at the same time, so those. Those players tend to be the ones who are higher level. Um, so we got players who play MPL and state league mm-hmm. and that sort of stuff in the men's and, and NPL women's twenty um, ones and, and state league women's, and then also the the different 
I, I can't keep track of all the different junior competition <laughs> names. I know I know there's the NPL and then I don't know what they call the just is it just junior competitions? Yeah, yeah we've had this discussion on on the show more than a few times that uh, it should be that if you're NPL senior, then that's the junior. But there's you know. You put an NPL in front of most of these junior uh, teams and they believe they're NPL anyway. Yep. That's a different story for a different time. Greg, are you still coaching the um, Subiaco women's? I am, yeah. Yeah, so we've got uh, friendly games tomorrow Ooh. against Balcada. Mm-hmm. Where's that or, at? At, at Rosalie? Uh, at, at, at Rosalie Park, yeah. Yep. So we've got our, our A-teams. Well, we, we call it our A-teams NPL because yep. that was initially what, well, yeah, no, no, what was supposed to be coming into play? Yeah, at the moment they're playing. They're going to be playing, I think, in the women's premier or premier women's division, um, and then the under twenty ones MPL and the first team MPL. Yeah, no, I wasn't having to go at at, at Subiaco or, or that because I mean, the, you as the Subiaco women's team are playing MPL. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I mean, I, that 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 yeah, I've, 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 it may have come out sounding slightly wrong. I'm talking, oh, no, no, talking no, sides like um, like um, amateur and, and and lower division sides calling their juniors NPL when yeah. when you know they've never played NPL at a senior level um, ever. But yeah, that again, no, yeah. yeah, Well, but with the so football West have restructured the yeah. the women's competition for this season, and so what was called the amateur. The, the state, the state league, and the amateur league, mm-hmm. I think, is, is now being called the women's premier. Yep. But okay. we're not sure what division we're going to be in yet. Um, <laughs> yeah. So like no, that should be sorted out fairly yeah, quickly. Yeah. yeah, reminds me uh, of last year when we were having those jokes that you had that uh, um, rescheduled game on Christmas Day. Oh, is it like? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, uh, and and a, a midnight kickoff on and a midnight kickoff. That's right, I was too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very easy to schedule that one, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, there was there was a couple of players who were a little bit concerned, <laughs> as you would be, <laughs> as you would be. You'd be asking about the liquid refreshment uh, requirements there, you know. <laughs> yeah, certainly. Well, and some people will pass their bedtime. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, Greg, you had uh, some. Oh, I was going to use a, a different phrase. That you had some um, high talent, high end talent playing for Subiaco last year. Have you? Uh, Maintain the majority of your squad for this season. Yeah, so um, towards the end of last season, we had Ella Mashantonio, mm-hmm. um, Mariana Tabane, yep. and, and Lisa Devana come in. Yes, um, Mariana's is already back training. Um, wow. Ella is with with the Perth Glory. Yes, so we, we saw her at the moment. Yeah, yeah, we saw Ella. I think she's got a couple of weeks off yeah, if you yeah, wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, that was yeah, a, she mm. she was yeah headline news, um, but she is well, had been playing very well for yeah, the Warriors. Yeah, yeah. She, she was a terrific addition last year. So um, hopefully, all things going well with the Glory season, she'll be back on board. Nice once once the transfer window opens up. Well, she used to be transferred back from the Glory to Subiaco. Yeah, well, so all of the, the players who play in the A-League W have yep. to then sign, finish their contracts with the, the Glory oh, right. or whoever else they're with yes. and then come back to MPL yep. during the, the transfer window. They yep. can't just, like in previous years where they've just yeah. then started playing, the, I think it's the FIFA guidelines now, which the right. FA then obviously have to adopt, Yes, is that players who are doing that 
changing of leagues have to wait for a transfer window. No. So that would yeah. mean so, that the players like Ella uh, will have to wait until the mid-season transfer window, the European mid-season transfer window, well, the, the, their start of the season transfer window, so June, July, August. No, so I, I'm pretty sure it's the end of... It's either mid or end of May, but oh, hopefully okay. if, if the glory can get themselves into the finals, yep. it would it would only be a couple of weeks' right. break yep. between that and when she was able to start playing. Which, which she'll need anyway, as all those players playing in, in that competition would, would need that uh, that break just for player management anyway. Yeah, a yeah, yeah. little bit of time off is certainly a good thing. Oh, without a doubt, yeah. yeah. Yeah, which is why I'm having trouble pressing the buttons here. <laughs> Sometimes it's a good thing, other times not so okay. much. <laughs> so, yeah, you can also have too much of it. <laughs> too much time off. Now, with Lisa, we were discussing last year that the possibility she may be moving up into a coaching role. Has that happened or is she still going to be a player? Um, at, at this stage, everything's a little bit open at right. the moment. So Lisa's had some commitments uh, over East. Right. Um, and the the club is still yeah we're still working with her to see what's possible. Okay. Um, she did she did a really good la- job last oh, yeah. year. She was across like she I, I was over at some under nine and under ten games and she was down there and then she was over with the fourteen girls and with the boys MPL. So she made sure she was in touch with as many of the the junior Subi kids as she could last season, which was terrific for them. Oh, yeah. To be able to see someone of her caliber oh, yeah. watching them play, um, but yeah, for for this coming season, it's a little bit of a okay. an open book at the moment. Just wait and see. Now, it, it speaks volumes of uh, Lisa as a as a person and a player that she would, you know, the, the status she has within the world game, let alone in in Australia or WA, to to take that time out to make sure that she is, yeah. Not only visual, but being proactive in in helping mm. junior development and and the club as a whole. You must be so proud of that. Well, yeah, and I actually not not to um, talk her up anymore, but <laughs> I in early last year I was the the female technical director at Red mm. Star before I moved to Subiaco. That's right. Yep. And and one of the first games that I went to watch was actually a, a junior game at Celebration Park between Subiaco and Red Star. Mm-hmm. And and um, Lisa was obviously with the, the 14 girls Subiaco, but she saw one of my previous coaches, um, the under-12s at Red Star, um, and just went over and started talking to them. And uh, the, the coach, Sarah, was... I know, Sarah. A little bit, yeah. a little bit awestruck, but also <laughs> very, very appreciative. And, and those 12-year-old Red Star girls were... We're extremely happy that Lisa Devana took the time to go and talk to them too. And that says a lot for the growth of the game in Australia. I'm not just going to highlight a particular thing, but but that a, a, a person of Lisa Devana is recognised down at the local park. Um, mm. Yeah, previous we could go back not so too far in the in the past, and uh, Lisa could you know basically throw stones at people and go, who's that throwing the stones at me? <laughs> yeah, so that is brilliant that we we are moving along. There's still a long way to go, obviously. Um, but that, that, that's great news. And hopefully she comes back. Uh, but, yeah, as you say, that's out of your control, which is unfortunate, but never mind. Uh, yeah, so, but it, it, it's a sort of situation yeah. where you've just got to look at it as a, a glass half full. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. We we had one of the, the best female <laughs> footballers of yeah. all time gracing the fields in WA, and 
hopefully all things working out the way that they could, she will be back. Yep, no, I say this for every chance I get when people go, oh, yeah, but, you know, Perth Glory have had Sam Kerr, they've had Lisa Devana, they've yep. had Katie Gill, they've, they've had yeah. superstars of the game, Mackenzie Arnold, yep. superstars of the game playing for them, they go, yeah, but, you know, no, you get out there and have a look because these these players are genuine superstars of of the world game, yep. which is where we get our name from, obviously, because we try to make sure that everyone knows that it's not just, you know, down the local park where Australian kids know how to play a particular game. This is the world game. People around the world recognise Lisa Devana. They recognise yep. Sam Kerr. They recognise Mackenzie Arnold, which is fantastic. <laughs> and to have them, um, you know, I've, I've refereed all three of those, which mm. is, you know, for me, that, that, that was a thrill. I, I remember those <laughs> days. And, not, and again, not so far in the past, but, yeah, it was... You think, wow, that, that's Sam Kerr. <laughs> you, you want to go, can, can, can you sign my yellow card? No, because you'll never see one, Sam, not from me. <laughs> Greg, uh, how can people get in touch if they want to join the Futsal WA bandwagon team, tribe? So so we've got, um, well, all, all variants of social media, mm-hmm. yep. Facebook, Instagram. Um, the We've got... The, the website for Futsal WA for the social futsal as well as the, the Super League website. Um, and I have a funny feeling my contact details are pretty much plastered across all of those. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's, it certainly shouldn't be too hard. Um, and, and yeah, there's like, there's live games broadcast on, on YouTube every weekend if people want to want to tune in and have a look. And what's the... Um... How, how do we find that? Is that just typing in Futsal WA? Yeah, so if you, if you just, in, in on YouTube, yep. if you um, subscribe to the Futsal WA YouTube channel and yep. the, the Futsal Superliga YouTube... He's doing um, that right now. It, it would be, uh, I think, Superliga WA YouTube channels. Yep. Um, you'll get the notifications whenever ever the games are live. Um, I think we had three or four live games last night and similar this afternoon and tonight. Well, that's brilliant. We didn't know that. That's, mm. that's breaking news. Thank you very much, Greg. <laughs> Anything else you'd like to uh, leave us with? More breaking news? We always love breaking news here on the show, particularly uh, Pete and myself. It makes, yep. us, it makes us look like genuine journalists. <laughs> <laughs> Even if we're just well, reading out the live stream from the, uh, the Glory game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you guys do a brilliant job at spreading the word and, and making sure there's coverage of football so and, and football in, in WA. Not, not, not too much more breaking news at the moment. Hopefully, okay. there will be in in a little while, um, potentially a, a national championship tournament oh, you coming, that before. Awesome. Yeah. coming wow. to to WA later in the year. Um, but other big things also hopefully coming later this year as well. Excellent. Well, so we, stay tuned. Yeah, yeah, no, you yeah. bet we will. Well, um, uh, you know, you, you, you've sort of given us the big ups, but we couldn't do it without your support, Greg, and you know that. So thank you very much for supporting the World Football Programme, and I thank you personally for taking the time this morning when, uh, you know, a particular game, some uh, some other country decided that everybody else was too busy. So thank you very much, Greg. <laughs> I, I know exactly how busy you are, and for you to take time out of your busy day to talk to us is very much appreciated. No, you guys are more than welcome. Thank you very much. Thank you very much Thanks, to you, Greg. You have a I'll great talk day. You, soon. you bet. You Thank too. you. Bye. Bye bye. And that was, that was a <laughs> that strange, was strange thing there. That was uh, Greg Thowell.
the head honcho at Futsal WA. Get yourself down to uh, Futsal WA and sign up yourself or your team for the Super League. Oh, no, Pete. Yeah, and we've just shared the link for... No, you're all oh, right. Yeah, yeah, that no, 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 gone, still oh, no. half time. <laughs> so we've shared the link on, on the Facebook uh, page. You'll find the link to uh, Futsal WA and separately to their YouTube page, which has all the videos I can see from the... Brilliant. From the, pardon me, from the national championships. So. See, that's why you like being in that chair, because I've got sweat pouring off me with all these buttons and dials and lights flashing in front of me, and you're sitting there watching Super League highlights. No, it's, <laughs> you're close, but the re- main reason I like this uh, this chair is if, if things really go pear-shaped, it's closer it's to the door. It's closer to the door. I can just run. You've got to get around that whole table. and you know. <laughs> Unplug this and unplug yep. that. Oh, you cheeky bugger. Oh, I knew there was a reason. <laughs> you are listening to 107.9 Radio Fremantle's The World Football Program. You've got... I'm going to strap him into the chair, Pete Skeeler, the superstar from aleaguestats.com, and Hugh Best, the former Subudio World Cup representative. Nice. 19, uh, 2018, I, I got beat you know, a fair few games there, but uh, it doesn't, uh, doesn't say that on the, uh, on the highlight rule. It just says I played in the World <laughs> Cup, so thank you very much. Stay tuned. There is plenty more to come. After the break, we will have Colin Duncan, who is the Football West strategic referees lead and he will tell us all about the recent refereeing seminar how you become a referee and the new law interpretations for you players out there who'll be going when did that change you heard it here (laughs) first on radio Fremantle's the world football program stay tuned plenty more to come radio Fremantle 107.9 fm hey hey it's futsal wa the leading futsal organization in western australia with continually growing men's, women's and junior competitions for any ability levels all year and all around Perth, Futsal WA also provides elite development pathways and competitions for juniors, youth and seniors. The fun, fast-paced social aspect of the game could be the perfect fit for you. To enter a team or to find out more, contact us on 0432 745 140 or simply at www.futsalwa.org.au. Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron is a fourth-generation family business. Ring us about your custom gate and fence projects. We can manufacture, install or automate your gates, offer electronic security or simply just provide sound advice. Let our family look after your family. Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron. Call us on 9258-6822. Station sponsor. Gate and Fence Hardware WA, your one-stop shop for all gate and fence hardware components, wrought iron, automation and electronic gate security. We can offer great advice and solutions for your project. Trade and layman, welcome. Hardware shipped all over Australia. Contact the team on 92586822 or shop online at gateandfencehardware.com.au. Station sponsor. Radio Fremantle, 107.9 FM. Oh, that's gone a bit... Uh, and as Pete said, when I was off air at the halfway mark, why would I jinx it? But I don't think I have. Joining us on air right now is the Football West Strategic Referees Lead, Colin Duncan. Good morning, Colin. Thank you for joining us. 
Good morning. How are you? Oh, hey. I'm big smile on my face because I pressed the buttons in the right order and we can hear you. Good. That's Mate, a good start. How long have you been in the in the uh, role? And I've, and more to uh, the point, can you explain to us what your role is, the strategic referees lead? I haven't yeah. heard that uh, that title previously. Yeah, the um, uh, the referee department in Football West um, had a um, a couple of consultants that came in uh, back in twenty twenty one to to look at refreshing, um, you know the uh, the things that were um, going well and, and, and needing a bit of a polish and things that weren't going well um, and needing a bit of attention and work and um, they came up with a, a bunch of initiatives and um, my role. Um, that uh, that came to be last uh, March time, um, April actually was, um, was to um, to take these um, the findings um, and then implement a, a strategy um, and, and outcomes based on um, what their findings are. Um, and there were uh, a number of initiatives that um, uh, they identified um, that uh, we could uh, look at implementing and, and improving. Um, to make the refereeing um, fraternity in um, WA um, better. Okay. Um, so my, that's my role in a nutshell. Okay, and before we get too far down the track, can you tell us the Colin Duncan football story, please? <laughs> Where did you start? What was your junior club? Who do you support? <laughs> You've got uh, a Scottish so, accent, so tell me it's, uh, yeah, tell me it's not yeah, Celtic. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. My, my, um, like, I, mean, I, I, I played football to a decent level back in Scotland. How, how decent level? Um, under 16s um, national team. No, um, <laughs> yeah, nice. Shit, don't show yourself short there, Colin. Oh yeah, decent level. I, I was an international player. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's a decent level, um, isn't it? Turn it up. Um, <laughs> and then injuries, etc. Um, played a bit of um, junior, which was a semi-professional football. Yeah. Um, and um, and then I got an injury, in, and uh, I thought, yeah, I can maybe maybe do refereeing yeah. um, mm. and to be perfectly honest with you at the time I looked at some of the referees that um, uh, were refereeing the game yeah. and I thought I thought to myself I could do a better job than that <laughs> um, yeah. and, yep. and that's how I got into refereeing to be honest yeah. um, so I I took up the whistle uh, when I was 28 mm-hmm. um, and within three years um, I was on the, the senior list of referees in Scotland wow. refereeing the professional game um, and uh, and yeah, it was a fantastic experience. Um, I, I just I just thought it would be a hobby to begin with, and then yeah. it quickly evolved into something that was fantastic. And the opportunities to um, you know to referee the professional games, um, you know European matches, and, uh, and travel as well. Wow. And seeing some yeah, some see, of the clubs that I would never see, um, you know, was uh, was was awesome and uh, great memories. Um, and then I came across to Australia in <laughs> twenty. Yeah. 2012, mm-hmm. um, um, and I made a, a vow to my wife that I would um, I'd stay away from football, <laughs> and um, well, that's and then, and then and then lo and behold, it's, uh, you know, you once it's in your blood, right? It, yeah. It's, yeah, it's there, right? And you know, you just can't 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 get rid of it. And then on a Saturday, I, I was beginning to kind of lose my mind, and, um, <laughs> and I thought um, I need to get back involved somehow, and uh, and. Yeah, Matthew Cheeseman, who who used to be in uh, football West, yes, we know was, Matt uh, yep. with the FA. Um, yeah, I had a long chat with him, and and he talked me back into <laughs> taking up refereeing again across in in WA. So, um, and that was it, really. Uh, yeah. And then from there, I've 
uh, I've been involved in uh, Football West quite a bit. Um, I, I'm a level one assessor as well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, previous chair of the Referees Technical Committee, like the secretary of the Referees Technical Committee, um, and um, and I'm putting these uh, plans in place within the referee department in, in Football West to improve the, the, the end product that mm. we, we deliver to the teams and the leagues. That is sensational. It's, that music to my ears. Colin, you know that as a as a final uh, ex-referee, your path into uh, the whistle was basically the same as mine, except uh, when I say I, I played at a decent level, that was uh, state amateur second division. <laughs> you on the other side of that, you know, decent level, under-16 international. So apart from that, we've had a similar pathway in because I also had a, a pretty serious injury that, uh, again, getting a bit uh, stir-crazy on the weekend, going, what can I do? Mm. And, and away we go. That's one of the ways that you lovely people out there can become a referee. Colin, can you tell us how we could become referees, please? It's, it's one of the most um, straightforward and easiest things, right, that, that you can do. Um, what we've done mm-hmm. is uh, we've, we've introduced... Um, the introductory courses. Uh, so then, yeah. one one a month now, mm-hmm. um, every month. And um, previously that was, uh, it was like one every couple of months that we had. Yeah, that's so we've right. now opened up the door a little bit more to make it uh, more accessible. Um, uh, so we we have them advertised on the website and we put them out on, on social media as well. Um, but if anybody's interested in, mm-hmm. in um, more information, um, then they can always uh, email into Football West or um, you can contact the, the referees department directly um, at referees at footballwest.com.au um, and then uh, ask uh, ask there when the next course is and, um, and we can give you the details. It can be done um, over um, one day at the weekend. Um, there's a bit of preparatory work that you need to do. Um, there's a, a laws of the games test, yep. as you'd expect that you need to do. Um, and um, uh, and then you come down and you set a course. Um, you can do it over one day at the weekend or two nights during the week. Um, and then after that, um, you then get a tick in the box and await your first appointment. And that's it. That's it in a nutshell. That's how easy it is. So um, we, we are we having like a, a cadetship or a, a mentoring system for these new referees, or are they they're not just thrown straight into the uh, into the deep end, are they? No, they, they, and. They're not. Um, I, I think historically, yeah, um, they were. Um, mm. And this, yeah, they this were. is one of the big. This is one of the big problems that we had with um, referee retention. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. When we last year, we, we did a, uh, a survey of referees, and um, and we looked at the number of referees that were coming through the courses, but then they weren't staying That's involved, right. and mm. and then they would leave. Um, and you know, to to give you a kind of an indication, we were probably around about the. Forty percent retention yeah. um, of, of referees, which is very low. Yeah, but in previous uh, years, that that's that's about fair, you know, about the mark. We we were struggling to get yeah. a fifty percent retention rate for for a long, long time. Yeah, yeah. Um. So um. So now we looked at it and we thought, well, how can we keep the referees yeah. more engaged? Um. And there's there's a couple of things that you know we've focused on quite a bit now. Is uh, you know, the coaching nights that we have. Yeah. Um. We've increased the coaching nights from five. Um, in previous years to this year, we're now having um, eight um, months worth of coaching nights. So that's again um, back to so what, one a month per the season, yes? Through the yeah, season. That, yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, that, that was sensational. Heaps of fun. Yeah, yeah. 
and, and look, and that's where that's where referees learn. And um, you know, if you if you pick up um, the uh, the whistle when you do your introductory course, you come along to the coaching mm-hmm. night and you could be sitting next to an A League referee. That's or, right. Mm. That's or right. Or an A League. Yeah, well, if you were unlucky, you'd sit next to me. <laughs> or, a, or, a, or, you know, an assessor, right? And, That's and, right. And you, you learn so much just from listening to them speak and the, the discussions that take place and mm-hmm. the topics that get covered off. Um, and then there's the training nights as well uh, that, that we have um, two nights a week that uh, the referees' training takes place. Um, and it's still down at Naranda? It's still down at Naranda, mm-hmm. um, and we'll be waiting on the, the State Football Centre opening later this year and then we'll be moving um, wow. the, the training facility down uh, down there so that's a, a hot off the press for you yeah mm-hmm. but again uh, uh, you may not have heard but Pete and I love breaking news because yep. I was going to ask whether that was going to be a possibility but not only is it a possibility it's it's actually going to happen that's brilliant yeah it, it's um, look, it, it's it's going to be a fantastic facility right and it's uh, it's certainly something that um, that the football um, in W needs mm-hmm. um, and to have a facility of that size um, um is, is just going to be awesome. Um, yeah. So, you know, these training nights are, are pivotal to improving the knowledge oh, of, of the young referees. And, um, and like I said, you know, the um, my my goal um, is to bring the referees of the future through um, WA um, and um, you know working closely with football, um, uh, you know, the FA uh, uh, about referee retention and development and recruitment. Um, I want to have a, a FIFA registered referee um, in WA. Um, I want to see somebody yeah. coming through, or a couple of individuals coming through from you know, fourteen-year-old um, and mm-hmm. going yeah. through that development pathway, and eventually getting their FIFA badge. Yeah, no, um, I was going to ask that question. So, yeah. um, one of my um, desires, I suppose, and I'm sort of outside of the, the 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 area to make that happen, is to have a female FIFA badge. Referee here in WA as well. Yep, that's right. What are what are we looking at with um, female referees in the state at the moment? Look, we've wise. got some. Yeah, look, we've got a we've got a number. I mean, uh, we're 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 around about the twenty, mm-hmm. about twenty. Yeah. Now uh, I've seen more, get, get down to the uh, the glory women. We see the uh, the assistants yep. um, WA base, but we've yet to see a female mm. WA-based right. main right. referee. Yeah, and, and look, we've got a couple of uh, a couple of really good referees, mm-hmm. female referees that are um, you know are coming through. Um, Go on, drop a, a name or three. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't like to be specific. No. We, we, we've got um, we've got we actually got some really really good referees, young yeah, referees right. coming through, yeah. and um, and when you see some of them, uh, you know how they are developing and picking up. You know, the good points, and um, they're listening, and that's the most important. Um, and we want to focus more mm-hmm. on, on on females, um, you know, coming into the game. And we, you know, there's a, a massive big um, disparity between um, portion of male referees yeah. compared to female referees. Um, and you know, ideally, we'd like to um, try and get that more balanced. Yep. Um, you know, and develop the um, the female. Yeah, um, we see that. Is, is um, that. Yeah, we see that uh, around the world. I was very, very uh, surprised and happy to see the all-female crew at uh, the World Cup recently. I thought mm. that that's 
exactly where it should be. Uh, yeah. It should, and we on this show say it regularly, that it shouldn't be a particular gender of football, it should just be football. And if yeah. you're the best referee available, regardless of absolutely. what gender you are, you're, you've got the game, you've yeah. got the gig. It, 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 it's a no-brainer. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And look, I mean, uh, what puts a lot of women off, um, I think, is that, you know, there is still the... Yeah, there um, is. <laughs> yeah, there still is. the kind of... Um, the, the prejudice, I think, mm-hmm. there. You know, there's still the slanderous comments that, that, that yeah. are levied at female referees. Um, and until we stamp that out, That's right. um, which is an absolute toxin in the game, yeah. Um, you know, it, it's you know we're going to struggle, um, yep. and that's the, the long and short of it. The same with the younger referees as oh, well. Yeah. You know, when when you hear and when you see some of the you know the, the stats that we had last year, um, you know, around um, referee abuse, um, mm. from through, we had more than eighty incidents um, reported last year um, of referee abuse. Um, mm. There was eighty-five percent that was verbal abuse. 10% was physical yep. abuse. There was 5% via social media. And um, of that uh, 80, or 80 incidents that were reported, yep. and 10% of them yep. were, um, were for under-18s. Yeah, now we see Football West, we spoke with Jamie Harnwell just recently, have implemented a new policy that will um, highlight... Uh, and punish those clubs that uh, are guilty of such offences, and that is long overdue. Um, yeah. You know, the days of, well, you should have a thicker skin referee, you know, they should have gone out when I was still refereeing. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. For, yeah. for younger referees in particular, I mean, we've, we've tried a few different ways to go about that. The green shirt program, the mentoring program. I used to rock on down to the local uh, park uh, in my polo shirt and cap, and, you know, little Johnny or little Joni's dad was going off on one and I'd tap them on the shoulder and say, mate, they go, who are you? I said, well, I'm the guy that's telling you to be quiet or you can disappear. Yeah. But um, yeah. Yeah. It, shouldn't, it shouldn't have to be the case of, uh, you know, a, a six foot two lad with a, you know, going up and say, you know, you need to be quiet. It, yeah. it needs to be, it needs to be common sense. It needs to be, you know, common practice yeah. that you don't do that. It, it's just ridiculous, you know. It, you you don't yell at the player missing the missing the goal, but you're going to yell yeah. at the, the referee for oh, supposedly missing yeah. that decision. You mm. know I mean, come on now. That's it. And, and look, I mean, this 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 new um, three strike policy that um, mm-hmm. um, that we've we've lobbied within Football West, and, and it's fantastic that it's been yeah. ratified, and Jimmy's supported it, um, and it's gone to the board, and board have endorsed it. Um, it, was, it happened across in Queensland, um, and Queensland yep. put in a, a three-strike policy, and, and they've now come out the trial um, of that um, uh, with uh, some great success. Yeah. And um, so it's a, you know, when we talk about the referee retention and we talk about um, focusing in on stopping the abuse towards referees, it is a cultural change needs That's to happen right. mm-hmm. in the clubs, and, yep. and it can't just be, you know, punitive measures putting getting put in no, place yeah. by. West. It can't just be Football West mandating and you know directing that, that this, is, yep. this is what happened. That's it right. has to be a cultural shift, and the clubs have got to be an, an integral part of that. Exactly um, right. And so, so you know, the three strike policy, um, you know, will hopefully uh, allow that to happen, and we'll see the the clubs then becoming more yep. self policing. Um, and obviously, you know, in, you know, our our end game is to remove that completely because the cultural shift will be there, and it is yeah. no longer accepted. And p- when somebody on the sideline goes, uh, it'll be everybody turning around, going, "Where did that come from, mate?" You know, exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, um, becomes the exception rather than the norm. Exactly right, yeah. as it should be throughout every level of sport, but particularly in our wonderful game. Now, Colin, 
The recent refereeing seminar was just held and we had over 170 referees attend. One of the main things that uh, they were informed about was some of the new law interpretations. Can you highlight some of the ones that will impact our players more than most because you know there have been a few where it's like oh the sock colors need to be that sort of thing <laughs> or you know you, your undergarments need to be that that sort of color but often yep. and, and quite quite often there are some significant interpretation changes can you highlight some of them please yeah look so probably the, the, the two that um, that we'll focus on um is the the handball all right good one because um yeah <laughs> i mean if if, if, if somebody can tell you what handball is, then, <laughs> you know, yep. it, 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 it confuses um, the best of us sometimes. It does. Um, but what I would, what I would maybe ask you to do, right, is is if you get your index finger yep. and you, you you put it in your oxler, right, which is your you know your armpit, yep. and you draw and you have your arm down the side of your body. If you draw a horizontal line out from your finger, yep, that's the bottom of your your armpit, right. So anything yep. above that is not classified as handball the Pelé shoulder anything, trap uh, yep yeah anything anything below that is classified as handball great all right um again you know when you get your hand you get players sticking their hand out horizontal to the mm-hmm. ground and, and they, they try and get the ball on the shoulder and well now you know right that um it's that that shoulder top very top of the arm is still classified as you know not a handball right? yeah um and that's clearly um, clearly displayed um, on the the new laws of the game book, which is if you go onto the um, the uh, Football West website, FA website, um, the FIFA website, you'll mm-hmm. get the, the, the new laws of the game. Um, so that's probably one of the uh, the easiest clarifications. Yep. Um, and and deliberate's been taken out of that a long time ago. Was, oh, I didn't deliberately do it. You know. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's it doesn't right. matter. It's it's hit below the shoulder. On that part of your body, and deliberate or not, son or uh, lady, that's that's handball, free kick, move on. Exactly, exactly, yeah. and um, and again, the same interpretation when you look at um, when you look at offside. As well. Oh, here we go. No. Here we go. Right, so. We've got we've got only uh, thirty five minutes, but <laughs> if you need to take that long, go for it. <laughs> well, let's come back next week. <laughs> yeah, we could do. I'll be hosting, so we can continue the part two of the handball and offside discussion. Yeah. Um, so, so that that part when talk about the, you know the, the armpit, yep. um, the, the top part um, is is not classified as handball, and similarly as well, um, you know your arms. Um, are not part of an offside. So if your arms goes to the goal line, then the second last opponent, then it's 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 not offside. Well, that's good. We've seen um, that more than a few times with VAR mm. going. Oh, look, he's got his yep, arm yep, ahead of yep. that player, therefore he's offside. You think he can't Finger score? Out. He can't yeah. score with that. Yeah. How can he be offside? Yeah, well, I mean, it's the it's the you know, it's the purpose, right? Mm. It's the um, you you've got to generate um, you know, momentum and yes. use your arms to hmm. sprint. You know, anyway. Um, if you go to offside, so there's there's a couple of clarifications with regards to um, the what's deliberate and deliberate play and and deflection. Yep. Um, so the the, the clarification um, around that, um, we focused on um, distinguishing between the deliberate play and what was the deflection. And deliberate play um, is is interpreted as uh, a, when a player has control of the ball mm-hmm. um, with the possibility of passing a, the, the ball to 
your teammate um, gaining possession of the ball or clearing the ball by kicking or heading it. Right. So that's a um, that's when we we call that a, a deliberate play. Right. If the pass or attempt to gain possession or clearance um, by the player that's in control of the ball is inaccurate or unsuccessful, it doesn't necessarily negate the fact that they deliberately played the ball. Yeah. Okay? So therefore, um, you know, if you've, as an example, um, you know, it's not an offence for a player to be in an offside position. No, the, no, that has no. Exactly. And and if let's just say a ball gets played forward, a uh, ball hits on the, the chest of a of the defender, the defender turns and chests the ball back to the goalkeeper, right? You say that's a deliberate movement, right? Yes. Okay. So but the ball doesn't reach the goalkeeper and the player that's in the offside position right. um can still play the ball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now can, can I movement. there's been a few people giving me a hard time. That and I'll, I'll use the old air quotation, that Manchester United goal. Yeah. Referee on the day, and, and me as well, when I saw it live, gave offside. Because, mm. you know, I, I thought he, it was a deliberate act. He's, he's running with the ball. He's shielding it from the goalkeeper. Yet it was deemed to be not offside, and the goal counted. Yeah. Can you explain um, that one? Or, or um, should we just let I, that I, one slide? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, this, this line's breaking up now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll save that for part two next week, will we? <laughs> Look, if, if, I could, if I can be perfectly honest with you, um, you know, I, I looked at that one yep. and, and I thought, you know, oh. is, is the defender interfering with um, the, uh, you know, uh, is, the attacker, yeah. is the attacker interfering with the defender? Right? Can, the, can the defender get to the ball, um, you know, yeah. Yep. No, you can't. Can it you had offside written all over it. Right. So mm. it, it, to me, it did. It had it had offside written all over it. Um, I suppose when you when you look at um, you know in the day um, the position of the player where the ball is etc. Um, yes, they've got VAR now to check mm-hmm. um, these decisions. Um, but the the decision on the day was that it wasn't offside, and they didn't believe. I think it was Marcus Rashford. That's right. Yep. Um, was in the in the position perceived to be interfering with an opponent um, and it wasn't penalised. Um, it's one of these decisions yeah. that, that you know you look at and it's very contentious, right? And that, yeah, if I'm perfectly honest with you, that's what makes football football. It does, right? and, yeah. yeah. And, that's what, and that's what gives us points like this to talk about. Because, yeah. you know, and, and even like so after the game when people go into the pubs and have a couple of drinks and talk about <laughs> it, you know, it's, yeah. that's, that's, what, that's what we do. Um, is, is it right that... <laughs> The, the the law says that um, that it wasn't offside. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. But if you go to a Sunday game, or even like seven, you know, mm. in the, the state league or NPL, and, and one of our assistant referees gives yep. that as offside, yep. to be honest, I don't think you'd have made that's people right. complaining. That, that's why know. I wanted to highlight, Colin, because I can see that you know happening in the game. Oh, yeah, but Marcus Rashford wasn't offside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, that's unlucky. He, yeah, that's right. Flags up, offside. Yeah. Move on. Thank yeah. you. That's <laughs> right. And and, and, look, and at, the, at the referee seminar, we had a um, uh, we had uh, Nathan McGill, um, the head of referees, um, over um, or the running through the law of the game mm-hmm. changes. Um, and this was one question that was, yeah, that was discussed. Of course it was. Right? Um, and, and it was, you know, exactly what we just talked about there. Yeah. It, it, it was a very, very difficult decision to make. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not, it wasn't clear-cut. Um, and even when you look at some of the interpretations of the, you know, the um, law 11, uh, the offside, yep. um, and you run through it, 
nobody would, nobody would have, I think, uh, had any concern if it was called offside. But um, it, it was onside. Yep. And um, the goal stood. Yeah. Yep, that's the it. Goal, the goal still stood. All right. Yep. With the Women's World Cup coming up uh, later on this year, will there be a, an increase um, push, for want of a better phrase, to get more female participation as referees? Yeah. And when we talked about recruitment earlier on, mm-hmm. um, you know, we, we proactively reach out to, to schools, mm-hmm. we proactively reach out to um, to clubs. Um, asking you know, for if, if they'd like a referee course, um, we have we have some um, you know, footballers who are yeah. moving into the, the, the latter stages of their their career. They don't necessarily want to, like I said, go down to amateur games, etc. Um, and they'll they'll jump across right into to mm. refereeing. So there's that pathway for players if they don't want to play anymore to to come across into refereeing. And, and to be honest. You know, players who know the game, who can yeah. um, can can see a challenge that's that's a good challenge, and they can see a, a bad challenge, and they can see um, you know the um, the intensity of of the game. They can read the game, they can read the players, um, and they can feel the game. If that makes sense. No, it does. Yeah, yeah no, I've spoken best, with best a, referees. a fair few uh, uh, younger women players, and I said, well, yeah. you know, what, what what's your ambition? You want to play for Australia? And they go, yeah. I said, well, what are the what's you know, in in all honesty, what are your chances of playing for Australia as a player? They go, uh, and I go, well, now mm-hmm. as as a match official, as a referee, you're more likely to play for Australia because your FIFA badge is given to your nation, so you are an Australian international referee. Yeah. You've got more chance to become a referee and playing internationally because each game needs well now even with the, the VAR, what we're talking upwards of eight match officials now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It's a, it's a bigger team. It's not just the yeah. the the four or the three that you see yeah. you know, on the pitch yeah, that's or right. the fourth official. Mm. You know, there's 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 a team now um, yeah. behind the scenes. And that's um, that's yeah. Again, one that I, I I try to highlight to go. You can play for you can play internationally, <laughs> but yeah. maybe not kicking the ball. Maybe blowing the whistle. Yeah. That's that's one that's way right. you can play. Matt yeah. Cheeseman. Uh, it was honest enough to say exactly that he wasn't uh, the the greatest player. He was nowhere near the greatest player, but <laughs> he got his FIFA badge and uh, and travelled the world with uh, with a whistle in hand. Most of the time, you, most of the time, yeah. flag in the hand. But you know, yeah. he had the whistle in the bag as well. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, yeah. And, and look, as I said before, right, the, the places that you can go and see, yeah. um, whether it's whether it's in WA, mm-hmm. um, or, you know, whether it's across the country, um, yep. there's referee competitions that, that um, that's right. So there's competitions that take place nationally that, that we need to supply referees to. And um, you got the national championships mm-hmm. that we we we've sent a number of referees across um, to Sydney last year, um, and uh, they progress really well into into yep. the competition. Yep. Some glowing reports back from from these guys. Um, and you know the opportunity there to travel, right? And yep. it's, um, it's paid for by the FA or by Football West, yep. um, and then going on to you know the bigger and um, yeah. better travels. Um, you know, the gold medal games at the last yeah, the gold medal games at the last Olympic were both uh, officiated by Australians. Mm. It's, it's fantastic, it really oh, is. Yeah. And once you get in, once you get into it, it, it does become um, it does become um, I don't know very you get very focused, you know. That's um, a great way. And, yeah, it's great. And I've, I've said to it like, again. You know, I, I try to promote it as much as I can. You can go down yep. to your local burger shop and flick burgers for you know a little wage, or you can come out, get fit, run yep. around the sun, be involved, be part of the game, That's be it. part of the action, and earn better coin while enjoying yourself a lot more. 
and you're actually giving back into the, the, the community. Yes, you are. Right? Um, yeah. And that's, that's important because community is, is what it's all about, you know, and, and as I said to the referees at the recent seminar, um, you know, we are providing, we're providing a service mm-hmm. um, and, and we, need to, we need to raise the bar that's right. of the, the service that we're providing. Yep. yep, yep. The customer uh, has the right to, you know, in, in a polite and respectful way, go, that service is not what we expect, but that is up to us as referees to go, no, no, our service delivery should be of the highest standard that we right. can we can do individually at that particular stage, at that particular day, on that particular game. And if we right. if we maintain that thought process, everyone's gonna be everyone's gonna be happy. Yeah. Indeed. And we'll get some really good referees through the through yep. the system and referring to the operational ends of, of the game. Brilliant. Colin, it's been an absolute delight to talk to you. It's um, There's only one thing closer to my heart than refereeing, and that's Subudio. <laughs> have you ever but tried I, refereeing Subudio? I have refereed Subudio, yeah. and uh, quite frankly, there are more than a few clubs around the world going, yeah, no, no thank you. <laughs> because, again, yeah. you, you have that attention to detail, you have that, um, you know, the law is written in a way to be understood regardless of what language it's in and interpreted as it as it should be written. Uh, but sometimes that interpretation is not always as black and white as we need it to be. Colin, before we go, you, you dodged that question. What is your club? Uh, my club is Dundee United. Sensational. Now, what what's going on there? I mean, I have not been to Dundee, but they, they are literally... A crosswalk away, aren't they? The the opposite sides of a. They a... are. It's it's two hundred two hundred meters between a Dundee football club and Dundee United, United football yeah. club. Um, I think it's about two hundred, maybe even shorter. Yeah. Um, and when they had the the derbies, uh, they... when they, they both played in the league, um, they actually walk down right. the road and up the road to the stadium. Now, um, like I've heard a, co- a few times that uh, the ground sharing uh, scenario has been has been offered to each club on a variety of different times, and each club's gone, no, thank you. <laughs> What's going on there? Surely it's going to make a, a bit more sense. You know, it, it's a, it's a, it's a polarising topic. <laughs> um, <laughs> We've got one you, side of the topic, so go for it. <laughs> um, when I was in the Northern Hemisphere, yeah. um, I would say, no, 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 we got to keep, uh, you got to keep Tannadice Park, which is yes. United, and Dens Park, which is Dundee. Yep. Um, but uh, since I've moved across here, yeah, I'm kind of now. You know, do, do you actually need to have two big stadiums? Right? Why not have one nice stadium that say you know can can hold maybe fifteen thousand, yep. you know, twenty thousand, um, and then you've got a fantastic training facility next to it, right? oh, and yep. and both clubs can can use that. Um, but yeah, I mean that needs a, a lot of money, a lot of investment, um, yes. and. Uh, I mean, uh, money's money's a big problem for the clubs. The 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 gates that they get, um, you know, are very low. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly now, I mean, Dundee's in the in the first division. Yeah. Um, United are at the lower end of the Premier League. Um, although they've got the most season ticket holders this year than they've had in the last. In fact, mm. I think it's ever actually. Wow. They've broken the the season ticket threshold. Um. So look, I mean, will it happen in the future? It, it probably will. When? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's the old never say never. Will it happen? Exactly. Yeah, maybe. Anytime exactly. soon? No. Not really. 
Anyway, Colin, thank you very much. I know there was a, a little bit of a communication uh, breakdown between myself and, and a third party and, and yourself, <laughs> but that's uh, that's been all been sorted. We'd love to have you on again uh, during the season, if that's okay with you. Anytime at all. No problem at all. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much for taking my call, and we will chat to you during the season. Thanks very much, and uh, we'll speak to you soon, okay? You bet. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you, Colin. And you. Thanks, Bye, Bye. That was... Colin Duncan, who is Football West strategic referee lead. Pete, you went off on one while that was going on and you kept yourself under control. Thank you very much. What happened? Uh, Tim Payne got red carded You're for beauty. Wellington. But we haven't managed to convert. It's still sitting at 2-1 on the score there. At what? Uh, uh, we're at the 76th minute. Plenty of time. Minute, plenty so. of time. Plenty of time. That red card should add on at least another 15 minutes if we go let's, by let's uh, so, the... Yeah. FIFA World Cup scenario, <laughs> red card, add 15. Oh, wait, it's not England playing. No. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> well, thank you very much for listening to the World Football Program on 107.9 Radio Fremantle. You've got Pete and Huey in the chair. With the distance derby going on, we will come up with some mind-blowing distance derby stats from around the world. Pete is the A-League stats. He's looking at me. No, I won't. Yeah, I'm just, I've, just looking I've, at you blankly, to be I've honest. I've got a few. Don't you worry about that. Stick with us. We've got about another 20 minutes to go before we sign off. And Len won't be coming in, but he has left a barrel of music for me to try to run. And if that doesn't, that'll be my fault. But I've been given a bit of an instruction on how that works. So Len's jazz show, Bags Groove, will be taking place at its regular time at 12 o'clock. Plenty more to come. Stick with us. Radio Fremantle, 107.9 FM. Hey, hey, it's Futsal WA, the leading futsal organisation in Western Australia. With continually growing men's, women's and junior competitions for any ability levels all year and all around Perth, Futsal WA also provides elite development pathways and competitions for juniors, youth and seniors. The fun, fast-paced social aspect of the game could be the perfect fit for you. To enter a team or to find out more, contact us on 0432 745 140 or simply at www.futsalwa.org.au. Oswest Fencing and Raw Iron is a fourth generation family business. Bring us about your custom gate and fence projects. We can manufacture, install or automate your gates offer electronic security, or simply just provide sound advice. Let our family look after your family. Oswest Fencing and Raw Tire. Call us on 9258-6822. Station sponsor. Gate and Fence Hardware WA, your one-stop shop for all gate and fence hardware components, wrought iron, automation and electronic gate security. We can offer great advice and solutions for your project. Trade and layman, welcome. Hardware shipped all over Australia. Contact the team on 92586822 or shop online at gateandfencehardware.com.au. Station sponsor. Radio Fremantle, 107.9 FM. And welcome back to Radio Fremantle's The World Football Programme. Pete and I were just off air going through a few uh, a few things there. I'm just absolutely going burko. Too old. Too old. Pete went burko. I'm going burko. He's, he's got the uh, the glory 
Wellington Phoenix game on the live stream and I was looking at the Australia Cup draws for round two and three. We'll get into that in just a minute. Pete, we were speaking off air before the show about the wonderful Miranda Templeman. All right, so Miranda, who, as we know, is one of our co-presenters. Love Miranda. And has also played for... Well, well, is playing for Welling, uh, Melbourne Victory this season. Yeah, it's the same club. Who cares? Forgive no, her for that. Victory. Yeah. So, um, so, in the recent, so in the W League results recent games, mm-hmm. we've had... Uh, We've had a 2-1 win to Melbourne victory away over Adelaide United. Yep. Uh, Miranda played that game. And then in the uh, Wellington had a 5-0 win over Canberra United, Wellington's first win of the season. They've not had a great You're season. You're joking. So, I, I mean, what a way to have your first win. Crikey. And, and 2,000, uh, a crowd of 2,000, which by the women's league crowd. standards is a decent crowd. Uh, and then... On the 26th, we had Melbourne victory against Sydney FC. The scoreline was an absolutely mental uh, 3-6. So Sydney won it, away. the away team won it, 6-3. Um, and Miranda came in and uh, was substituted in again. Yep. Two penalty saves. You so, beauty, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, so we were, we're all going to be able to say, yeah, we knew her when. We you know. knew when she was just looking... <laughs> Making me look bad sitting in this chair going, yeah, he's, she is a woman of many talents and that is great to see. We saw her debut uh, just before Christmas with that injury. Oh, for uh, for um, victory, victory. She did. She did she come did off the bench for Adelaide, Adelaide in oh, like yeah, the last couple true. of minutes. That's true enough. So. Yeah, yeah. No, but that one, yeah, this, the, the victory um, debut was a forced yeah, debut yeah, yeah. To, to be a little yeah. bit more... Um, I like to precise. think she's just getting sort of getting refined yeah. and then when she's all happy with it, then she'll play for the glory. That's right. She'll be yeah. back as the first yeah. team for, for the glory yeah, going, right. yep, which is, yeah, we, well, that's right. She could do the um, the Mackenzie Arnold, become first team for West Ham United. There we go. I'm sure that's probably her dream as well. Well, probably, <laughs> I don't know. I haven't asked her, Miranda, where, where she would like to end up, whether it's in the um, the WSL or... Playing in Italy or... So long as all her co-presenters get tickets to games and... And, and airfare. Yeah, and airfare and accommodation, <laughs> yep. Okay, over in the Men's League. Men's uh, League. Last on. weekend, the Glory had a 3-1 win over the Glory Reserve team. Yeah, yeah. And it was good to see a bit of fisticuffs there. Yeah. Well, kicky cuffs. <laughs> kicky cuffs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was uh, going off on that one because um, I could not believe Calisbeard got redded when, uh, red-carded when Economides uh, only got a yellow, so I was very glad to see they... No, again, it was a bit like the um, the Ella Mastriano um, red card situation as well. The way the law, and we spoke to Colin, the way the laws are um, are worded, you punish the more serious offence first, and you grab somebody by the throat. Oh and, yeah, yeah, and, I'm, I'm and, not not denying the clues be red card, but yeah, no, he's but. but the kick. The, f- the fact they'd missed the kick, but oh. uh, happily VAR did its job and came in, and and the referee then. Uh, sure. Revoked his yellow and changed it to a red, so oh, okay. justice so, was done I, I, there. Yeah, and, and I didn't I, go too far in there. I thought the, the referee had actually seen the kick and deemed it as um, he he went over to the VAR screen. I, yeah, I, I was yeah, VAR went. Paramount, that's violent so, yeah. conduct, yeah. not uh, serious. For, uh, uh, um, yeah, 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 nothing. Else. And and so also when we say glory B team, we're glory not B-team. just taking the Mickey because Victory actually fielded five ex glory yeah. players. So and the ex coach Jason Jarrett, yeah, uh, Spiranovic, Fornaroli, Brimmer, and Economides. You, you, you're going to count Fornaroli, are you? No, I'm going to count Fornaroli. Oh. He was great. And who was on the bench? We had a, we had one on the bench, didn't we? Did we? Ah, uh, well, it's only talking who who, who actually started. hit the field. So yeah, um, yeah fair enough. Uh, other results recently. <laughs> 
Wellington Phoenix 2-1 over Central Coast. Wellington actually doing quite yeah, well, good, having good a decent result. season. Yeah. Um, although they're not winning now, which is good. Yep. Uh, Newcastle Jets one all with Western Sydney Wanderers. Uh, Melbourne victory against Sydney FC finished 2-1 to Sydney. So victory are now uh, adrift at the bottom of the ladder. They're four points off. Yep. Uh, and then last night, Newcastle Jets out of nowhere had a 4-0 win over yeah, Brisbane. Where did that come from? No idea. What, but, um, Brisbane not turn up? Yeah, Jets are now undefeated in three, whereas Brisbane have gone four, four. without a win and yeah. three without a goal. Three... Wow, didn't realise it was three without a goal. Both both teams there are are below the glory on the ladder, just. Um, And obviously there's no relegation in the A-League, but if there was, it would be very exciting because from 6th to 11th, there's only two points difference. They're all 17, 16, 15 From bottom to 2nd is what? 7, 8 points. Uh, not from bottom. Let's leave no, victory out of it. But other, yeah. other than that, yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, it's only seven points from second last to second first, so to speak. Right. And if you haven't heard, the Australia Cup rounds have been drawn, and yep. we've got yep. uh, round two and three. Some of the highlights that I uh, was getting a bit excited about was Cam um, Scott Ruse will take on South Perth United. That looks like an absolute beauty. Yeah. Geograph Bay will be uh, away. To Quinana United. I like the number of um, you know yep. country country towns. We you know we got yep. Dunsborough. There's Bunbury Dynamos. Yep. Uh, there was a few others I did yep. see on the list. Yep. The, the, Eaton Darden up. Eaton Darden up. Yep. Uh, Eaton Darden up. Where, Margaret where, River. Where so Eaton Darden up will be away to either Southern Spirit or Perth AFC. That's the one. Yeah. Yep. yep. And uh, North Perth Bunbury Dynamos will be uh, away to Maddington Calamunda. Uh, but one that we saw for round three that we were very <laughs> much uh, yep. excited about was the Dianella White Eagles versus Gwellup Croatia game. Yep. That yep. should be... Luckily, wow. it's not 1991 anymore. No, but they can party like it's 1991. <laughs> uh, we've got the, the, the Black Stars, who in the round two will play the Perth Royals, but uh, that has been drawn. The Black Stars-Perth Royals will play the winner of Tigris versus Jaguar. So again, and I have no idea who those teams are. Yeah, you do. Oh, all right. No, I don't. No, you don't. Uh, UWA Nidlands will take on Fremantle City. I'm going to let that one slide there, Pete. All right, cool. Uh, Rockingham City will take on Naranda City. These are uh, third-round cup draws, which will be uh, kicking off in February. Uh, Balga will take on the Dunsborough Towners. So Dunsborough will have two away games in a row. If they've No, no, they've got a home game first round, uh, in round two mm-hmm. against Wembley, and then we'll play Balga or Wembley Downs. That's assuming they win their home game. That's assuming they win their home game. Yes, exactly right, Pete. Thank you very much for that. Uh, What else have we got as a highlight there? Wanneroo City will take on Joondalup City. Busselton, as we mentioned, will take on Port Kennedy or Northern City. I was actually looking at just how many clubs actually have the name City at the end. Yeah. Mandra City, Naranda City. I I don't know how Naranda could ever count as a city. Joondalup City, Northern... I don't... Canning City. Where's Northern City? Uh, That's as vague as... Western United. All right. Where's Gosnell City? Well, I would assume it's in Gosnell. Well, there you go. <laughs> so Northern City is what? Derby? Mandra City? That, that'd be that's somewhere a, down Mandra. Yeah. yeah that's so, so all the others are sort of kind of kind of specific, but I don't yep. know where Northern City is. And for Penny, Krakowia or Chipolo will play Mum FC in round three. So Mum have got an away game. Swan United will take on Forestfield United. And my local club, Balladura, will be away to the aforementioned Gosnell City. So hopefully they've got a map out and Google Map will actually have, let them yep. find where Gosnell City is because I know exactly where it is. Thank you very much. <laughs> what else have we got for me, Pete? Well, the glory. Glory. Go on. 
So the game currently, well, before the current game was in progress, head-to-head between Glory and Wellington, all-time. Who do you reckon's won more games? The Knicks. 20 wins to the Glory, 19 to Wellington. And nine draws. Because the last couple of uh, games, the Knicks have won. They have. Yeah. They have indeed. That's why I thought it might have been the Knicks... By a bit, and I was—I mean, I was looking at the the win ratios as well. So we're getting a bit nerdy here, but um, when the game's played in Perth, Perth wins more often than Wellington wins when the game's in Wellington. Is that right? So our home advantage is stronger than their home advantage. But 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 when the game's played in Perth, Wellington also win more times than Perth wins when it's played in Wellington. So in other words, there's a lot more draws when it's away in Wellington. You're hurting my head, there, yeah. Pete. Yeah. That is hurting my head. Oh, my goodness. So so Perth and Wellington in Wellington, we've had seven draws, and currently it'll be number eight. Yep. Um, whereas when it's been hosted over here, there's only been two draws. All right. Okay. So now, like uh, like I said, we've we've had a few chats previously about the distance derby. Yes. And I've got some wow stats. Wow me. Wow me. I've got some stats. Huge. Now, in England... 300, sorry, I'm rattling some paper there while I get uh, a few things unraveled. 347 miles. So a lot of these will be in miles, so I'm not going to do the conversion. That's up for you out there to do the conversion. But 347 miles separates Carlisle's Brunton Park from Exeter's St. James's Park in the depths of League Two. And it is, according to this uh, article by Jamie Spencer from uh, 2018, the most brutal away day journey currently on offer in England. 347 miles. So we're talking about what? That that works out about 700, 800 kilometres-ish yeah, yeah. away, one way. Yep. That's pretty tough. Now, we're going to have a look at some of the eight longest away trips. Yep. And that, as I say, they'll be in miles, so you can do your uh, your own calculations. Atletico Tucumán versus Olimpio. So in Argentina, this is an Argentinian yep. so Argentina team. Argentina is a very big country. Argentina is a big country. North to south. It is a 1,874-mile round trip. So one way, 937 miles, or a four-hour and 15-minute flight. And that is in, as there are no premier division clubs that far south in Argentina, the vast majority is clustered to the northeast. So that cuts down a bit of travelling time. But that's one of the longest Mm -hmm. there. Um, Start versus Tromso. That is 2,500 or 1,281 and they're uh, Norwegian teams. There aren't many super long away trips in Europe, given that most countries are relatively compact. But the long and thin nature of Norway means yes. that in, yeah. it, it is an exception. Tromso are in the Arctic North mm-hmm. and Start are on the South Coast. So, so how far away was that? That was 1,281 miles by road or a three-hour and 15-minute flight because planes are faster in, uh, in Europe than they are in South America. Oh, because they've got the wind blowing them there. So that's 2,000 kilometres. Yeah, that's right. So, trip number six, we go to India, where we have mm-hmm. the Delhi Dynamos versus Kerala Blasters. And that is a 3,326-mile round trip, or a two-hour and 50 flight, which is... A, <laughs> There's no correlation between these no, distances these flight times and flight are ridiculous, times. aren't they? Um, and they... Uh, so, the uh, Delhi Dynamos and the Kelly Blasters uh, are in the ISL of India. Where do you think the next one? So we're going, countries are increasing by size. Well, I'm thinking, if I'm thinking size-wise, yep. 
and not counting obviously the A League's yep. one. Yep. Uh, you'd, ha- you'd have to obviously Russia, Canada, probably USA. Well, I think Canada USA is a combined league anyway, so. Between them and yeah. uh, China, Wouldn't China, surprise China's me where we're going Far next. East versus Guangzhou Evergrande versus Changchun Yanti. Yeah, is a one thousand nine hundred and nineteen miles by road, or a four hour fifteen flight. I think that's where the difference is. Flight as the bird flies, road as you have to drive. Yeah, so fair enough. Maybe some of those differences between the flight and the road is exactly that. So with the handful of Chinese Super League teams still in existence, I would have thought, because there's been a bit of financial... There has been, there has been a lot of fallout there. There are clustered in a relatively small area around Beijing, Haibing and Tijan. The majority of away trips are getting quite long, but none are further than Guizhou Evergrande, travelling north to face Changchang Yitai near the Russian border, and vice versa. And for... Guangzhou and Guangzhou are an F. They're only five miles apart. So we spoke to Colin oh, about yep. the Dundee, Dundee. Well, United. I was thinking the old Coburn United Spear with Del Madnack thing. Yeah, yeah, just, the, yeah. A few yeah. hundred metres down the road. So we're going to Brazil next for trip number four, Internacional versus Serrara, which is 2,617 miles by road or a three-hour, three-and-a-half-hour flight. Although both clubs are near the Brazil's Atlantic coast, Internacional is home of Porto Alegre, Mm-hmm. which was a World Cup uh, host, is in the far south of the country by Fortaleza, which also was a World Cup host in 2014, is located thousands of miles away in the north. And both home stadiums managed, as I said, uh, games in the 2014 World Cup. Now, you were correct. Number three is the MLS. Yep. Orlando City versus Vancouver Whitecaps. So you were correct there. Oh, there we go, yeah. America yeah. going to Canada. That is a 3,209 miles by road, one way. These are all one way. Yep, I can, yep. yeah, so, obviously so you do that. have to get back after the game as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or a six-hour flight. Mm. And in the case of international travel, when Orlando City take on the Whitecaps to meet in America's North America's Major League, the latter calling Canada's third largest city as a home. There are a lot of huge journeys in the MLS, but diagonally yeah. across the continent from southeast corner of Florida to beyond the northern Canada Borden in the northwest is the biggest. Now we come to what we're listening to right now. Score check, please, Pete. Uh, still two all. I, th- I thought we had one. I think we've just put it off the crossbar off a corner there. Sounds like me. It's a beauty. Uh, we had a red <laughs> yeah. card in that one, Pete. Did we mention that? Yeah, Tim Payne. Did you said Tim Payne got the... No, yeah. to me, he did. did, did you yeah, say, yeah, do I, I, oh, I don't know if we did or not. Yeah, yeah, we did. <laughs> Tim Payne. He was feeling the pain. Tim Payne feeling the pain. What was it for, Pete? Another fifty cars or tripping, tripping one of the glory players as he was going through, and we would have scored and, and definitely won. Denying an obvious goal scoring. That's the word. Opportunity. Yep. Dogso. Yep. Good work. Love Dogso. Thank you very much. So Dogso. Perth Glory versus Wellington Phoenix is a six thousand five hundred and forty two mile round trip, and I've got the kilometres on this one. <laughs> it is six thousand. No, oh, that says miles. I've got miles there as well. Uh, no, no, that's the same one I've got there. I thought that was kilometres. That's miles. I'm still doing it in miles. Or a six-hour and 30-minute flight. And I think even longer at the moment because I don't know off the top of my head where this game is played. But Palmerston I'm sure North, it's, yeah. yeah. So, it's so not they had to fly from... So the glory for this particular game flew from Perth to Melbourne, yep. Melbourne to Wellington, and then took a two-hour bus ride yep. to Palmerston. So that adds another extra distance on that one because obviously this... Away trip is Perth Glory to Wellington, yep. and they've got another two hours on bus. Yeah. So let's put another, well, I don't know, 1,000 kilometres on that one. <laughs> Actually, no, if you've got 1,000 yeah, kilometres, the, the, the bus is going, going a bit faster in that case. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it's another case of international travel. Uh, any A-League team facing Wellington Phoenix has to travel overseas, but it is literally 
the club based in New Zealand uh, are guaranteed a long trip every time they play. The Kiwis are the only non-Australian club in the division, as we know, and Perth Glory on Australia's west coast have to travel the furthest out of anyone to get there and back. Now, the one we mentioned earlier, um, there is one slightly longer than this, but one. Zenit St. Petersburg is the number one. Zenit St. Yep. Petersburg versus SKA Kabarovsk, and SKA Kabarovsk will be mentioned uh, a little bit la- uh, later on. Their round trip is 10,906 miles, or 10 hours and 15 minutes by plane. Mm. Russia being the big country that it is, and as of 2017-18, there is an away day journey in the Russian Premier League that spans almost the entire width of the vast land. Yep. Hailing from the east, and not all that far from Japan, SKA Kabrazov were promoted to the top flight for the first time ahead of the current season. And an away trip to St. Petersburg on the west coast by Scandinavia is almost half a world away. Yeah. Now, the longest trip was uh, SKA Kabrazov, as we mentioned, played Nistru Kishnev, who are now based in Moldova, and that was in the second division of Russia. And the last so time that, that would have been back in the days of the Soviet Union, where when the war was still up, it was a yeah, lot, yeah, a lot, yeah, yeah. lot bigger country. A lot bigger, then. Yeah. yeah. And that last played in 1985. So, going by that, the Perth Glory Wellington Phoenix trip is nearly 4,000 miles shorter <laughs> than the Saint Petersburg SKA Kaparov game. How about that for a stat, Pete? That's an, that's an impressive one. That's an impressive one. Now, I've got a, a, a story about some Zenit St. Petersburg fans who did that trip. <laughs> yeah, I this like is, this story, this is yeah. funny. So in 2006, three St. Petersburg fans attempted to make the soccer trip of a lifetime, piling into a 20-year-old Honda. So we're talking a 1986 Honda Civic. Mm-hmm. The diehards set out to watch their club play the Russian Premier League against the newly promoted club, which is SKA for nearly 6,000 miles, the trio travelled the Russian countryside, finally reaching the de- destination after more than 125 hours on the road. Mm. They, <laughs> they completed the first half of their trip, but they wouldn't drive home. Russia is the largest country in the world, covering 6.6. The car trek traversed 5,898 miles and took, as I said, five and a quarter days on the road. The funny thing about that is that the fans barely made it home for Zenit's next game a week later. So they left a week beforehand to see that game away and then drove back and nearly missed next week's game. Uh, but they broke down the old Honda, broke down in front of Vostok, <laughs> where they watched their team secure a 2-0 win. And I was saying that last time that SKA Kaparov played Nistru Kiv- Kishnev of Moldova in 1985. Yep. That finished nil-nil. <laughs> You'd be spewing. You would be indeed. You would be spewing. And the fact that the fact that Zenit um, are, are such a big club, they regularly play in the Champions League. They uh, they found out about the fans and and how much they they, they put out to, to follow their club. And because their their 1986 Honda blew up, the Zenit club gifted them with a brand new car. And excellent. And here's where it gets even better. They put the old Honda. In their trophy room, <laughs> so they go, this this car did that trip. That is amazing. So, the end of this uh, article, which is on um, football, which was uh, posted in twenty twenty two, sorry twenty twenty, said the next time you complain about the length of your commute, be glad you don't play in the Russian Premier League. I think there's plenty of reasons to be glad for that. To be honest, you reckon? Yeah. 
We've really done. Yeah. We've got Tony Gustafsson on. I've got to be time uh, time sure here because Len with Bags Groove is not coming in and I'm going to press a button. So Glory game has finished. Thank finished you. Finished two all. So Brilliant. I'll take that result. Sensational. Thank you very much. I've got lost time there. So thank you very much for joining us. I'll be back in the chair next week. Plenty more to come next week with Tony Gustafsson.